Hello, I'm Christopher Hicken, one of the preachers here at Christchurch Purley, and today we are reading from the letter to Titus, chapter 3. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle towards everyone. At one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Saviour appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Saviour, so that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things, so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. But avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law, because these are unprofitable and useless. Warn a divisive person once, and then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful. They are self-condemned. As soon as I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, because I have decided to winter there. Do everything you can to help Zenas the lawyer and Apollos on their way, and see that they have everything they need. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good, in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. Everyone with me sends you greetings. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. There is a lot packed into these verses. Obeying the authorities. What about civil disobedience? There have been many occasions when Christians have been convinced they should not obey the authorities. As Peter and John said to the Sanhedrin in Acts chapter 5, we ought to obey God rather than men. But in this letter, St Paul is concerned that as far as possible, Christians should have a good reputation with the authorities, partly in the hope that they will be allowed to share in the Jewish exemption from compulsory emperor worship and other pagan cults, but also to provide a good reputation for the gospel. There's also a brief mention of the difficult subject of church discipline, largely following what Jesus teaches in Matthew chapter 18. But notice that everyone gets a second chance, and also, crucially, that if we have a problem with someone, we are to speak to them about it in person and gently. We are not to go about behind their back complaining about them to everybody else. We are to avoid controversies and arguments. If only we could. 
Those of us who attended the excellent Living in Love and Faith course are well aware of the questions of human sexuality now facing the Church. How and on what terms do we extend God's welcome of extravagant grace? But there are plenty of silly arguments we can avoid, such as dates for the end of the world. Jesus has told us plainly that is something we can't know. There will be wars and rumours of wars, which is certainly the case just now. But that doesn't mean it's the end of the world. We pray for peace and for wisdom. There are some fascinating personal details. St Paul has decided to spend the winter at Nicopolis, a new city founded on the west coast of Greece by Caesar Augustus to celebrate his victory over Antony and Cleopatra nearby at Actium. The Greek word for lawyer is also used in the Gospels for a Jewish scribe. So, in spite of his Greek name, Zenas might have been a scribe, in which case he would have been invaluable to St Paul in helping to ground the new Jew Gentile churches in the Jewish scriptures. Apollos appears several times in Acts chapter 18 and in 1 Corinthians. He is my favourite candidate for author of the flowery and erudite letter to the Hebrews. But what really matters to St Paul? A trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things. That's the gospel, the whole of which he summarises for Titus in a handful of sentences. He wants Titus to stress it. So I will too. God has saved us from our background of folly, slavery and malice. The past is behind us. We are washed clean. And that's just the beginning. We are given a whole new life by the Holy Spirit, poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Saviour. A new life, open to everyone, starting now, that will see us through into eternity. This was the message that had such an impact on the first Christians, with the impact of the Holy Spirit on their lives, resulting in a complete change of character, as these verses say, from folly and malice to peace and gentleness. St Paul urges the Christians to build on this. And so, we can say that in terms of lasting consequences, Caesar Augustus' victory at Actium was far surpassed by the victory of Jesus Christ on the cross. <laughs>